The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the world. We've been waiting for you. What's right with you? How do you find out? How can you improve your finances, health, relationships, business, and more? Welcome to the Access Consciousness Radio Show. We'll help you find that awareness with tools that actually work. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Hi, everybody. This is Gary Douglas, and I'm here on Voice America, the Empowerment Network, on the Access Consciousness Show. How about future by design. This is a little different than what it sounds like, but what we're talking about is how architecture and how buildings play an issue in our lives. So I have as my guest, Tara Brown. And uh, Tara, thank you for joining me today. And Mr. Dane is not here because he's in some other part of the world. God knows where. At any rate, uh, and away we go, folks. So, Tara, one of the things that Dane and I did years ago, we were looking at, you know, feng shui, and there was lots of people doing feng shui, and they were telling us how you had to put a mirror here and a red thing here and a blue thing there and all this stuff. And it's like, and I just got amused, and I went, uh, why do people think that this is what works? Why don't they look at the energy of what's around them and see how they can shift the energy? And it's like that's the purpose of feng shui in the first place, to shift the energy so it becomes easier or better. So one of the things that occurred is we, we decided we were going to go out and create a book called Dung Shui. <laughs> so it would have been piles, piles of shit that we would have taken pictures of, and it would have been a coffee table book where you had lots of piles of shit that you know, were pretty, supposedly. So it's like the whole purpose of this is all about the pretty. So it's like, you know, what happens when somebody comes to you and they want you to design something? Well, it's interesting, Gary. As an architect, they often have uh, an idea. Like, I work specifically in healthcare architecture and hospitals and hospital design. So they usually know how many patients they want to see and what kind of rooms they want them to be in. But they're all focused on function. And even if it's residential, they're focused on how does it work? How big is the kitchen? How, what color are the cabinets? Or how tall are the ceilings? But the emphasis, I haven't is yet on what is the consciousness of the space? What is the space, the energy of the space providing back to the people in the building? And how can we interact with the walls or the floors or the finishes in a way that's conscious? That's purple, you know, from my perspective, that's imperative for us to get as part of architecture is it's not just function and purpose. It's also about what does it contribute to our lives and how does it add something to it? You know, it's like I'm, I'm sure you've seen some, uh, you know, some, uh, who's the famous architect from the 30s? What's his name? David uh, Curry stuff. Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright, yes. I love his things because they all have a sense of the nurturance of the land and the land as a nurturance of the house and the house as a nurturance of you. And it's like we, if we started creating you know, houses like that, it could be a whole different world. I mean, one of the things that's so interesting to me is I see old houses and there's a nurturance to them. They were designed for more than just function. They were designed for the grace and the beauty and the possibility of things, not just for the function, And which is one of the reasons I like old buildings. But it's so interesting to see the people who don't seem to value that. And God knows I grew up in the in the wonderful, you know, 1960s. I don't know whether any of you realize, 1960s was the Eisenhower era, and it was all about how you were supposed to have function, and, you know, modern function was the criterion, not beautiful stuff. And it wasn't about the beauty, it was about the function. And that became the most important thing that people could choose. So 
And seeing this, to me, it's like one of the things I see is how do your surroundings contribute to you? But I feel this way about furniture, too. I have furniture and things that contribute to me, and when they don't, I move them on. They don't have the point of view. i got to keep them around forever. It's not the same for me as it is for other people. I like to know that things contribute to me. So what do you think about that, Tara? I think that that makes a great deal of sense, but we don't often ask the question, how is our house, how is it where we live contributing to us? Not just what does it look like or a lot of buildings and architecture is about ego and it's about making something that enables us to look like we are really important in the world. But I agree with you. I live in, in Arizona and in Phoenix, and very few of the buildings have any respect for the land that they're on or the place that they inhabit. Frank Lloyd Wright absolutely did that in his work. Um, yeah. There's Luis Barragon, who did work in Mexico City, and he did a chapel that absolutely breathtaking oh, and yeah. really understood, that. yeah, the energy of of light and of space and how to interact with people in a very highly sacred and um, an awake manner. But that's pretty exceptional in our world. Yeah. It's, you know, it's very exceptional. And it's like, and it's one of the things that's very important from my perspective that we have to start looking at because if we don't, uh, you know, if we don't, then what we're doing is we're missing part of what, is contributive to us as being and as individuals. You know, it's like we've got to look at what contributes to us. One of the things that happens for me is it's like I look at furniture and it's like if it doesn't contribute to me, I have no interest. Mm-hmm. I think we make buildings really significant. I mean, yes, they are sir. big, they're expensive, but they're really significant and they're not um, malleable. And I think that we also, since everything is consciousness, right, the wall that I'm looking at, the door that my hand is on, has its own consciousness and its awareness, and it is contributing an energy to the space that we inhabit. Yes. But that's not a conversation that's being had in the world of architecture. When I try to have it with people, they're not ready for it. But it's time to have that conversation. I agree with you. Yeah, and it's like, and the thing is, if we started to have that conversation, what kind of buildings could we create? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like you've got to have, there's got to be this different perspective people do. Like one of the things that I've been doing is we've been working on getting this uh, this PROA uh, going, this, this resort that we're building down in Costa Rica. And it's like we've been working to get that up and going for, you know, for two years already. And we've met with numerous architects. And the one architect that I met with on the phone seemed to be willing to do what I was asking for, but uh, not everybody could do that. Not everybody would do that. And he quit because he looked us up in line and decided we were completely nuts. So he quit us. You know, which I think is very funny. I mean, you're talking about something you're going to make 500000 to a million dollars on, and why would you quit? But mm-hmm. that's just perspective. But uh, recently we just found a man who uh, read the place, you know, the novel I wrote, and he says, okay, I want to build this. I went, what? But he's a guy who's in his 50s, you know, he's 55, and he's had very uh, a whole lot of, you know, normal success, and now he wants to build something special. He wants wants to go out with a bang. So apparently he's going to really work hard to make this very unique and like the place. And he said, this is not a five-star resort based on the amenities. This is a five-star hotel based on the experience. And it should be based on experience, not amenities. And I said, I agree. And it's like, and personally, I think this is the future of our world. It's like we're going to have a whole lot more people looking for experiences rather than for, uh, you know, it looks a certain way or it feels a certain way or this is the way it's supposed to be. Whole different universe. 
can be created. And we need to have that conversation where we're creating our future. And that's the one thing I saw about old buildings is they were created to last. They weren't created for now. And so much of a lot of the architects we talked to, all they wanted to do was talk about what they could do now that would be modern and cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, I said to them, which pissed them most of them off, I said, I want this to look like it's been here 100 years, and I want it to last 100 years. Both of those ideas, Gary, are fairly revolutionary in uh, in the yeah. state of the architecture and building industry in general. Very few buildings are built for an attention span longer than 20 years. They're just disposable yeah. nowadays. Well, that's and isn't it? They want to do that. You know, it's like that they only want to create that is just kind of amazing. And, uh, you know, I just really would like to... Uh, see a different possibility created in the world because I think there's got to be way more going on than we think is possible. And what could be created and what is created have to be two different universes. Yeah. And so I've often asked the question, could a building or a space within a building actually be healing? Could it be of such, the actual space, be a place of such high consciousness that a physical body could walk in there and reorganize so that it's the picture of health. What would it take? Yeah. yeah. Well, see, it's like those are the kind of questions that need to be asked. And, and in all of our lives, we've got to get, you know, we've got to get to the point where we start to create from a different position. And we're creating from the idea that it's about the function and so forth. But that's the assumption that it's everything outside of the building and everything outside of us that creates the change, not that which is in us and that not that which is not in the building. And for me, it's like I, I've been to buildings that have, you know, that are old and and it's like and yet they feel different. Like mm-hmm. we're we're looking to buy we're buying this castle in Italy and we're going to turn it into a you know to a boutique hotel and. It's like we started to gather information about it. And the original part, it was built in 999 A.D. Then that was the first reference to it existing. Then in 1200 A.D., they had another reference to it. Then in 1500, it became a major focal point for battles in the territory between the Austrians, the Germans, and the Italians. Then in the 1700s, it was finished and it was built as the castle it is today. And I was amazed because we walked into this place. Nobody has lived there since 1979. Now, that's how many years? 46? Yeah. There, there was almost no dust in it. Hmm. There was almost, you know, it's like there were no cobwebs. Things did not look trashy. And it has not been kept clean. It has not been taken care of. It has just been let go. It was a let go, my ego kind of thing, you know? And, yeah, wow. And it's like, and there's something about this thing. And then in discovering the information on it, turns out that it has been torn down three times and rebuilt. What? When, when was it last rebuilt? 1700s, 1753. So it's rather a unique building and has rather unique energy. And it's like, for me, it has a sense of nurturance that few places on the planet have. But that's one of the gifts that one gets, is that place where you can have that kind of thing going on. And for me, it's like we have to find these places which are nurturing to our bodies and nurturing to our souls and start to see them as the places that heal, not the places that are wrong. So uh, we're going to have to go to break, but right after the break, we'll come back and talk some more. Only I seem to be doing all the talking, and I apologize. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Have you ever stayed at a place that alters your reality and you become more as a result of it? Have you ever been to a land so joyful that your whole body lit up? We have a very special invitation for you. The chance to pre-purchase a night or three at two of the most unique places on the planet, Castello di Borgone in Italy and Proa, the resort in Costa Rica. A purchase that will create a different future for you and a different future for the planet. To learn more, just go to projectpossibilities.com and reserve a future night for you at the lowest rate to ever be offered. Do you love the clearing processes from Gary and Dane on the show? Are you getting the most out of them? Did you know that if you loop them while you sleep or while you work, the change will be even deeper and more dynamic? For only $10 per month, you can get all the processes from every show recorded on a loop just for you. It's called the Pearls of Possibility, and it's our way of inviting you to more change with ease. To sign up for Pearls of Possibility, go to pearlsofpossibility.com and start having faster change now. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Gary with my guest, Tara Brown, and we're talking about architecture and the way we look at it. So, Tara, I don't know if you've ever had the experience, but I, I had an experience of um, with a piece of property that I went to where I was... I would be tired, remarkably, remarkably tired. And yet I could go there, and after about an hour, I would feel rested. And I know there are places like that in the world, and I know there are, I know there are buildings where there is greater possibility if we all will allow it, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and we have to start. We have to start looking from a different point of view. And it's like there, there are buildings I think all over the world that are healing and nurturing and caring, but we don't look for those. We look for the structure and the function instead. So, what do you find different in architecture these days? There, it's historically it's been like the great works of architecture by the architects that we canonize and we the Louis Kahn's or the Frank Lloyd Wright's like we were talking about before or like a Louis Sparagon, people who were visionary and they had a sense of space and when you walk into their buildings, it was down to the finest detail, everything, there was a oneness about the place that then evoked a space that was calm and connected and it had a sense of connection to the land that it's in. Yeah. What would it take for us to have that as the normal way that we build? The normal way of we relate to Earth, as opposed to the the extraordinary exception that we consider to be visionary. I'd like to transcend that and have. I think what we have to look at is what actually is visionary. Okay. You know, when you said that, I got that. It's like those people who had that. They worked with the land. They looked at things different, but their life was about a visionary. It's like, but it was more than the vision. Because vision to me is not about 
what it looks like. It's about how it feels. It's like how all the pieces, a true visionary has the totality of the picture and the total energy of what gets created. Let's do a clearing here. So what have you made so vital, valuable, and real about never claiming and owning and acknowledging your personal visionary capacity that keeps you from being the visionary that creates a totally different world? And everything that is times a godzillion, we just try to create it all. Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, choice points, man. Apparently that's going to work on all of our listeners, too. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And so I did read the place. And yeah. would love to be in a space like that. The sense I got from the book was that it that the community found a place in the world that was special, but it was the people that that made the shift in the energy. Did I get that wrong? You wrote it. What happened? It requires the people and the place. The place can be there, but if the people don't get it, they can't receive it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you ever met somebody who bought a house that was really kind of cool, and then they just went to work on it and destroyed it? Yep. Yeah. You know, and you wonder why this is what they want to change. It's it's always interesting to me because I watched a lot of these these shows on TV, you know, the DIY network and stuff, you know, and it's like, and I watched Flip with Flop, and I watched Fixer Upper, and I watched all these things. And it's always interesting to see the difference in what people create. It's like, so far, my my favorite people are, you know, the Property Brothers, because they seem to do some pretty amazing stuff of making spaces that actually feel good and nurture the soul. And Fixer Upper, those two are my favorites. The others, not so much. But it's like everybody has something to offer, but it's like those those two people, those four people, have a sense of the vision that also incorporates the being of the space and the living of the being in the space. And it's like, and that should be the, the function of architecture from my perspective. So everything that that brought up for everybody out there, we just trying to create all that. Right yeah. on, good, bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, and beyond. So you've got to look at what could work in the world for you. So, Gary, one of the things that I've noticed about buildings, most of my career has been doing renovation work, is that the building knows what it wants to be. Absolutely. But we have to actually talk to it. We have to communicate with the building and actually ask it questions, and it will reveal itself Yes. to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I can go in a house, and I have to walk around it for a few, you know, a number of minutes, and I see the potential, and then I have to go back a second time. And then all of a sudden, it starts presenting images to me of how it could be, how it could be. It's like, and we don't ask, how can you be of a building? Because we ask, what do we have to do to you? And it's like, it's how can you be would be a better question to use. And when people do that, a different possibility shows up. So every place you've gone into a building and not, not ask it how it can be, but what can I do to you? We just throw and uncreate all that. Yes. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys. I have no idea who this 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 particular show is for and who it's going to, but I think it's going to mess with the world a bit. <laughs> so can we go back to the castle in Italy you were talking about? Yeah. Because you mentioned yeah. it had all that history, um, been torn down three times. What was the experience like for you when you went there? What did you notice? I saw it as complete. I saw its future. I didn't see its past. I saw its future, which I thought was very interesting because I wasn't trying to do anything about its past. I was interested in seeing what it wanted to be, what it could create, and what it could turn into. And, you know, it's like, I mean, the strangest experience. I mean, it's like we have this stuff. We were looking up all this stuff online, none of which is in English, right? Right, all of it's in Italian. Mm-hmm. We found we like this wonderful man, Liam Bramley. He got on it and he found all this stuff about the place and sent it all to us, translated into English. Oh, you know, it's a Google Translate. 
Now, Google translates certain words in interesting ways. Not necessarily the best way to do it, but they do it anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, I think, you know, it's like, I think that, uh, that it was very funny that we got all this information and it's like, I'm going, wow, this is amazing. And then there was, you know, it's like there was lots of stuff about who had owned it and all that kind of stuff. And we had Liam do a video of the outside of the castle in the snow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that has been seen. And now we have two, uh, two people, one, a little, uh, one, an older woman who as a little girl played there and another who, as you know, whose family had owned it in the 1200s all of whom are contacting us because they want to see what they can do to help us. What? Wow. Is that weird? And then That's on cool. top of it, Liam goes online and he finds a picture, a etching from the 1700s of the castle, which we didn't even know existed, that's for sale in the Philippines. <laughs> wow. That's you know, fantastic. It's like, it's it's like, and all this stuff is coming to us. And I go to a garage sale here, and I found a picture of a former pope from Italy. And it's like, I don't know who this person is, but I have a feeling they're somehow connected to this castle, and they want to go back to the castle. It's just bizarre. Things are, you know, like things are showing up in our lives, giving us all this information. And uh, we found, the, you know, this great structural engineer some of the beams need to be replaced in the castle because some of them from the 1700s still there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some of them are rotted so we have to replace some of them in order to keep the roof up well he just happens to have had last year taken down a castle that had some beams that would work for this castle that's perfect yeah and they wanted to replace the beams with new stuff, so did our current architect. I said, no. I said, unless you can duplicate what was there, I don't want it. He says, yes, but you can add three more rooms on the top here if you do this. And I said, I don't care about, and how much is that going to cost? It was like 600000 to add three bedrooms to rent. Forget it. Not worth it. There's something else that's possible. So we are having an amazing time with this thing because it just keeps showing us more and more things. It's like, I'd like it to show us the treasures, too, because we could use that. I mean, and the other thing about this place, this is one of the only castles in that area that was given the right to print its own money, its own hmm. coin. Okay? It's like, what? Oh, it's just like bizarre stuff. But I love it. And it just keeps showing up and showing up and showing up. It's It almost sounds like the castle is calling all this stuff to itself, back to it. It is. For you. It, is. it has a life for it. That's, I mean, it's like, First of all, I just mentioned that I would like to have, you know, gosh, it would be great to be great to have a castle in Italy. And it's like three days later, somebody calls and I know this castle in Italy is for sale. What? I said, okay. And I went, okay, you guys want to go see it with me? And these friends went to see it. I said, wow, this could be fun. Let's buy it. And so we did. Amazing. So did you call the castle or did the castle call you? I think the castle called me. I don't think I called it. Yeah. I think it said, come. You know, it's like, I mean, it's like, first of all, to get, I mean, it's like I'm in Europe, right? And it's a two-hour flight to go see this castle and two-hour drive to go see it. I went, yes, let's go. I didn't have a hesitation of any kind. I went, yes, I want to go see it. And it's like, and all of a sudden we're there, and all of a sudden we're doing it, and all of a sudden it's handled, and what the hell's going on? You know, and this stuff is happening, it's coming to us, and everything's occurring. And it's like, and it's like, this is, this makes no real sense, but it is occurring. And it's like, and the funny part about it is the place that we bought in, uh, in, uh, in Costa Rica. The same sort of thing. I, you know, it's like we drove on the property and I said, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. And Claudia says to me, it's not as beautiful as the other half. So we went to see the other half and I went, you're right. 
And it's like, but it's a beautiful, amazing place, and it has that same nurturing energy that the place has, which is why we'll, we will eventually call it El Lugar. Okay. And so what would it take? I mean, you're, you're enlightened, right? I mean, what would it take for... I wouldn't say I'm enlightened. Okay. What would I say? You're conscious. You're aware. Well, I'm... I'm kind of on the extreme edge of awareness, but I'm not totally aware. I'll go for extreme edge, okay? Okay. So, as an architect, I work for somebody, right? I work for an owner. And part of my work is to help bring their ideas of what they want to build and create. It's their money. I am a a steward. If I were working for you, I'd be a steward of your money and a steward of what you wanted to bring to the world. But part of my challenge is finding people who want to ask the kinds of questions that you're willing to ask to enable the architecture to be created. Yeah. What can we do for owners to help them wake up? Well, it's like the thing is, it's like, so, yeah, it's like what I would ask first is, so what, you know, what, you know, what particular buildings do you find most inspiring in your life give you a sense that, you know, that life is worth living? Mm-hmm. Because nobody asks them that question. It's like yeah. when, when, when I, you know, it's like I knew what inspired me. I know what inspires me. I mean, it's like there was a prairie house in Santa Barbara, and I just oh, my God, I love this house. I'd love to be able to own this house. And then I asked the house, do you want me to own you? And it said, no. I went, oh, you don't want me? But I'm such a lovely guy. No. And it wouldn't let me buy it. And it's like, and I realized, you know, like the truth is, everything wants to own us. If you buy a piece of furniture, does it get up and go to work to take care of you? Or do you get up and go to work to take care of it? I work for it. Yeah, I work for my house, yep. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you get that everything you do, you're working for it. It's not working for you. It's not trying to help you. You're trying to help it. So it's like, what is the contribution that we receive from it if we take care of it, if we do the things that work? And I've watched people, you know, have beautiful homes and not take care of them, not take care of them at all. And it's like, why would you not take care of your home? Because the home is a place that they go to live or to die. And some people do it when they go to die. So on that note, we're going to have to go to break. So we'll be back shortly and we'll talk about living or dying in your house. And we'll be back shortly. Welcome to the Voice America Empowerment Network. And this is Access Conscience. We'll be back shortly. Thanks, everybody. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey, hey, hey guys. Over here. Get this. Gary Douglas, the man, the myth, the legend, has a new class. It's a two-day class that he's offering his own very self, and it's called Out of the Box. This class is two days long. It's happening on February 4th and 5th in San Diego, California, America, Earth, and March 4th and 5th in Munich, Germany, same planet. What's going to happen in this class? Gary's going to give us all the tools we need to break out of the limitations of our tiny little boxed-in realities. You ever feel like you're trapped and stifled and stuck and you can't quite put your finger on what it is or why it's happening, that's what this class is there to do. Break all those limitations apart so you can fly right on out of that box, just like those little puffy white peanuts do whenever you order like your supplements on the internet and then they come and then you got peanuts all over your floor. But this will be a lot more fun. Where do you find out about it? www.garymdouglas.com forward slash out of the box. 
When you walk through the world truly being you, everything and everyone is invited to change. Join Dr. Dane here throughout 2016 in his unique classes on being you. Whether you've been asking for something greater, looking for a way to change your life, or longing to change the world, Dr. Dane's Being You classes crack open a world of ease, joy, and possibilities. For a list of Dr. Dane here's upcoming classes and resources on being you, go to www.beingyouclass.com. When you're pondering the big questions like, is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. Accessconsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At accessconsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. Accessconsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. It's Gary. I'm back again with my guest, Tara Brown. Tara, I don't know that I've let you talk much, but I have so much to say. I feel like I'm being, you know, it's like really obnoxious, and I apologize. So feel free to say, Gary, give me a chance to talk. I'm fine with that. Well, Gary, what I really wanted to have was a conversation about possibilities with building. Because what I find yeah. is it's, there's, you know, there's the building. If you're going to do a new project, you've got your owner and their ability to be awake and aware to the potential of the building. And then we've got the third part that we haven't talked about, which is the builder or the contractor. Okay, in so my let work me of, go back just yeah. a minute to what you said, the owner. Okay, so if you get that they don't own it, they occupy it. They don't own it because it owns them. So if you ask them a question like, so what kind of, so what would your, to own you totally, what would your house have to be or do for you? For that, you get the question was, to own you totally, what would the house yeah. have to be or give to you? Okay, yeah, that is yeah. a very different question. Okay, and it's like all you have to do is explain the little thing about, well, does the house go to work for you or do you go to work for it? Which one is which? It's like, do we truly own anything or do we just think we own it because we pay all the bills? You know, it's like, <laughs> to pay all the bills on your kids, do you own them? Hell no. No. They own you. So, Gary... I'm having an awareness here that I've been talking about, you know, my career, talking to owners or about owners. I've been talking to the wrong thing. I'm talking to the people. Yeah, don't talk to the people. Talk to what their vision is by talking about them. So what would make this house totally own you? What would have to change here for this this house to totally own you and you would want to live there? Live here. Because there are people who go to die. I went to, we were in uh, Italy, and we went to these ladies' house, and they were the people who had owned the castle. And they they were sitting in an apartment where they had smoked for four years. They had beautiful silk uh, uh, wallpaper. Mm-hmm. It was covered in smoke. You could see where they had taken some of their best art and sold it off. So there were like squares around where the thing had been for a number of years before they sold it. 
you know, and they're sitting there and everything around them is disintegrating. And they have beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things. But the carpeting is old. The only thing that makes the carpeting acceptable is the fact that they have beautiful orientals on top of it. Mm-hmm. They have they have beautiful old furniture, but it's falling the frig apart. It hasn't been upholstered in at least 40 years. And it's like, and you see people living like this. Are they living? Are they dying in this place? Mm-hmm. This is their mausoleum. And it's like, and I've met too many people who have mausoleums. And when they do those hoarding programs on TV, yes. those people, they're not living. They're dying in that place. And they're keeping all their stuff to die with. I think they're all stuck in having been pharaohs where they got, you know, where they everything was going to go with them. Not sure. <laughs> but whatever it is. Definitely not cute. No, not at all. And so if we look at then, so if we look at the building as an owner, if you're doing new construction and the building doesn't exist yet, are are we dealing with entities? No. The land has a perception about how it can contribute to the building and how the the building can contribute to it and how both can contribute to the people who occupy it. It has, the land has the vision of our possibilities, but seldom do we do that. We come to conclusions of all time. You know, it's like, I love this, you know, this tiny house program that they have on TV. And it's like, I look at it and go, I could no more live in that than I could fly. I would rather die than live in a box that small. Why is that? Like, because I like big spaces and I like to see the out-of-doors connected to the indoors. The property itself has to be part of my whole aesthetic. You know, you have to see all of it. And the thing I notice is that so few of the buildings, like that's one of the things about Frank Lloyd Wright. His stuff also included the outdoors as part of the aesthetic of the building. Rare, rare, rare talent. You know, and it's like, and you see, it's like, who is that that guy that does the weird ass buildings that are all like, like rounded shapes and stuff, but they let in a whole lot of light, but they're not about connecting to the outdoors. They're actually about creating a visual inner space. He's done all kinds of museums and stuff. I can't think of his name. Are we thinking Frank Beery? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, I mean, his stuff is stunning. And it's amazing. And it lets in the light, but it doesn't let in the land. It's on the land. But given the current way that we've set up buildings and stuff, where we've used almost all the space, that is not surprising. And that's a brilliance for creating the outside in without having the gift of the outside available to you. And... You know, I really respect what he's done because it's just so unique. But I respect anybody who does unique, so that's just the way I am. I'm an idiot. And so, you know, if we look at the world around us, so much of it has been built through the vision of an architect. Not all of it. If we go to indigenous places, that's not true. But our cities, pretty uniformly. and Well, they've been built more by constructionists than architects. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, there are people who construct things, okay? Like houses get constructed by people. And they, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing is they construct them because they decided this is the way it needs to look and this is the way it needs to be. And they will hire an architect to, to envision the construction they want to put there, but not how the land creates something with it or how it creates something with the land. Yes, that would describe much of my professional career. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like to be the visionary of what could be is a whole different universe. It's like I'm, you know, it's like I'm meeting with this architect who's doing the the Costa Rican project, meeting with him in March. I'm very curious to see what he's going to come up, or April, first part of April. I'm going to meet with him and see what it is he has in his mind, as what he comes up with 
as a vision of it. Because it's like I told him, I said, it's like I wanted to have this kind of feel. And it's like, I I don't know whether you've been to the El Encanto in Santa Barbara. Or I have not. Mm-mm. Okay, it's a, it, it was built by Ronald Coleman in the 1920s. And it was individual little bungalows that were designed to give you this sense of privacy and sense of peace and sense of possibility. And then they were altered, you know, it's like, then recently they came in and they built a lot of, you know, other houses, Spanish-style houses to fill up the space. But it's like most people are interested in filling up the space and creating the most number of units in the smallest amount of space in order to create the space, in order to create the income, not the aesthetic. So it's like, surprisingly, whoever did the architecture on this place did a good job of placing these houses so that they actually, they are, you know, Hacienda style. But they've all been set up so that you don't look at somebody else's back patio. You don't look at somebody else's windows. It's really quite beautifully done. And it still allows them to keep that, to keep that image of privacy, which is very cool. And that's what I told him I wanted. And he said, well, you've got such a big space here. You know, you can just spread it out. And I said, yeah. And it doesn't have to be spread out. What's the best way to do it? And so I was very surprised that one of the things they did is they looked at it from the point of view of doing small little communities of housing so that they had a courtyard that they all moved into, but not one they looked into. And I thought that was kind of clever. And we'll see what happens from here, but it's like it's on its way, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I do have to mention that we, were, we are creating a www.projectpossibilities.com. It's a place where you can go and buy a ticket to spend a night in the castle or three nights in, in the, the Costa Rican project. And the normal fee in Costa Rica is $225 per night. And the normal fee in the castle is 450 euros a night. So these things can be achieved if somebody has an interest. So you can check it out and go check it out, and that's all the way. Gary, can we talk more about the energy and sure. how you see the what I'm trying to get around, I'm trying to find the words. There's the energy of the land. How can someone wake up to what the land is trying to communicate with it? There's asking questions. Is is that everything? Another thing I would do if I were an architect is I'd take the people there and I would sit on the land with them and say, Okay, so Tell me what you what your sense is of this land and how it can take care of you. And that mm-hmm. they will describe they will describe their vision without even having the awareness of what their vision is. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? That's good. And there's a part of me that's hearing, and what about when the land is screaming, no, that's not what I want to be, and the owner wants it well, to be that way? And you have to build what the, what the owner wants. It means he's not going to make as much money. It means they're not going to have a great life there. They're, going, they're using it to make profit, and most people buy land to make profit, not to create a future. So what's yeah. your target here? Are you, is your target here to make money? Is your target here to build, you know, the thing you can make the most money on is your target here to have a home for you and your family. What is your target? What are you shooting for? Yeah. It's interesting. And in the area of healthcare, the target is allegedly health and making money um, under the guise of bringing health to people. And yet yeah. the spaces are so cold. Well, it's like and, the thing is, the outdoors is never allowed in at a hospital. Right. You know, I mean, it's like for years they've discovered that if they let air through, it actually is better for them than air conditioning. But they keep the air conditioning on and they leave the air out. Yes. You can't open a window. They're all locked and sealed because we have to maintain a certain amount of air hygiene, a certain number of air changes per hour and all the rules. 
and all the rules and all the structure. Yeah. But not a lot of possibility. Now, are they interested in creating health or are they interested in creating patients? (laughs) Oh, they're interested in creating patients. Okay, so if you know that, then you can create something that allows them to create the patient. You deliver what the person wants. doesn't matter what's actually good. You know? Yeah. Different people, when people work for me, I say, no, that's not what I want. No, you can't do that. No, don't do that. You know, it's like they said, well, we'll just c- cut down some of these trees in, in El Lugar. I said, oh, no, you won't. You are not allowed to move one single solitary tree here. You leave every figging tree on this property exactly where it is, and don't you cut anything down. But this is just a little scrawny tree. I don't care. Don't cut it. Anyway, but you have to build around it. Uh-huh. But that cost extra. Uh-huh. That's just not the uh, efficient way to do it. And some, some architect told me I had to have the reception at the front of the property, not where I want it. I said, I want him to ride, drive halfway through the property before they decide they want to stay there. I want to know they're really intending on staying there, not to get to the front and they don't get to see anything. I want to know they've seen it. Your way builds anticipation. Yeah. 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 And an excitement and a desire to have the experience of being there because you've seen so much of it before you get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, there we go. I've done my tirade on this whole subject, and I'm sorry I didn't get to give you more time and stuff. I was... I really apparently had a lot to say about this particular subject. So we're at the end of our time, so I have to, you know, I, I want to thank you so much. If somebody would like to get a hold of you, how do they find you, Tara? They can email me at Tara at TaraBrownConsulting.com. Cool. Thank you. Because I think you would be a good person to work with. So that thank would be you, my, if anybody's thinking about looking at a way of doing something different, you're the girl who can do it. So thank you so much for being on with me. I'm very grateful. And hopefully next week we'll have Dr. Dane here too. And thank you, Tara. Be good. Be bad. No, be bad. It's way more fun. And create some change out there, honey, because you can do it. Thanks, Thanks, everybody, on Voice America. And welcome to our world where nothing is exactly the same as you think it is. Okay? Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. We appreciate you joining us this week for Access Consciousness, the radio show. To find out more about Access Consciousness, please visit our website at accessconsciousness.com. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition of our show with Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an excellent week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.